So a majority of this episode is going to be focused on Nick Mowbray, the Mowbray in the middle. And it's been a few weeks, so we should probably give you a refresher on Nick Mowbray himself. He's the middle one. He looks to be about average height, nice face. He joined his brother Matt on the toy making thing in China after the two got a loan, quote unquote, from their father. <laughs> That's the gist anyway. But there was a detail that we left out of the last episode. As the story goes, Nick eventually had to move back to New Zealand from China because in his early 30s, while working long hours and sleeping at the plant, Nick got Crohn's disease and was told that if he didn't undergo a few operations, he only had a few years to live. He supposedly worked so hard that it almost killed him, as his story goes, as his PR team tells it. Our lovely listeners at home might be asking, Rad Bill and Money Mike, this changes everything. Why didn't you tell us that he worked so hard that he almost died from Crohn's disease? To answer that question, let's reintroduce Nick Mowbray according to Nick Mowbray. Nick Mowbray. He went to a China jail for a while. Nick Mowbray. He got in trouble with the triads. Nick Mowbray. He stayed in a Hong Kong safe house for a month. Nick Mowbray. He intervened when a man smashed a woman's head into a window. His life was threatened. Now, we're not doctors, but according to all the research that we read, there's no evidence that Crohn's disease can be brought on by stress. Uh, stress can make the symptoms worse, and Crohn's disease is no laughing matter. But the narrative that he worked so hard that his body started giving out is unsupported. Yeah, it's like saying the guy works so hard he has Parkinson's now. It, there's just no connection between the two as far as we could tell. As far as we can tell. And we could be proven wrong later down the road. They could come out and find out something. A, a lot of hard work will exacerbate the symptoms. but it's Actual not... question from me, I, I didn't think Crohn's disease could kill you. Like, I'm actually going to Google that right now because can Crohn's disease kill you? Crohn's disease is not fatal, but it can have a severe impact on a person's quality of life. Well, there you it have can, it. It can lead to various complications, some of which can be life-threatening. Mm. Bottom line, maybe Money Mike and Rad Bill shouldn't play doctor, but it still seems fishy. <laughs> if we wanted, we wanted to address it as best as non-doctors could. Should yeah. you be taking our advice? Definitely not. Yeah. If, if you have Crohn's disease, do not listen to two podcasters who are saying it probably won't kill you because it might. But it probably did not occur in the way that Nick Malbray says it did. It just is a PR like... He worked so hard, he almost killed himself by literally shitting himself to death. I don't know, man. Yeah, and he was told that if he didn't get this operation, he only had a few years. But I feel like other than surgeries on hands or the cosmetic stuff, that's like why people get surgeries. It, right? Yeah, like when I had appendicitis when I was nine, they were like, hey, man, if you don't get surgery... You have like a couple months to live. It's like, why are you going to the night? It's still completely preventable and I'm <laughs> fine now. <laughs> also, so the sleeping on the warehouse floor thing, he did do that. There's nothing that we've found that suggests that he had to. It's just a PR stunt. While we were putting this together and researching, someone made the point that they had the money on hand to buy an injection molding machine, which is never a cheap endeavor. The fact that they had enough money to do that and rent space is significant. They were coming into this thing with money, but well, yeah. 
Obviously. Yeah, that's like their secret sauce. But anyway, <laughs> in 2013, Nick Mowbray moves back to New Zealand to deal with his Crohn's disease. And this will be the base of his operation going forward. Yeah, and as far as the internet is concerned, for the next five years, Nick is doing nothing but, I guess, shitting a lot because he has Crohn's disease um, mm -hmm. and maybe just not eating dairy. I, I don't even know what Crohn's disease is, but again, I, I think either. it's I, I think it's poop related. I think it is too. <laughs> so we feel like the best way to navigate through this, you know, drought and then flood of information is to section off each of these Zuru ventures into their own little compartments. Today, Nick is a busy boy. Oh, and yeah. we've largely covered Zuru toys up to this point, but this last story is just two on the nose. So bear with us. We'll touch on this, and then we'll move on to Zuru Edge and Zuru Technology. Yes, indeed. So in May of 2019, Zuru began advertising on TikTok, and to their credit, they were some of the very first to do this in the toy yep. world. One of the first products they sought to advertise on TikTok was Zuru's latest invention, five surprise mini brands. The way it works is you buy a little plastic sphere, and then in it are a bunch of tiny little versions of things you can buy in the grocery store. Zuru partnered with Unilever, Hormel, Kikoman, all the good guys to market tiny versions of their products to children. So, a thought, and then we're going to hit this thing with some thoughtful critiques. From a grown-up toy buyer perspective, this is pretty cool. It fits yeah. my toy buying regimen beautifully. I buy a toy. I feel a little nostalgic. And then I sit there and look at it. And after stunning myself with the empty feeling I get, I kind of just fuck off. And is there a better toy in the entire world for that consumption habit than a tiny little bottle of ketchup? And remember, TikTok is going for the impulse buy. Right? Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that these are very inexpensive and you're literally making somebody buy it by the thought of, oh, that's kind of cute. I know that if my wife saw these things on TikTok, I would have a house full of them. But there are some problems. This is the most Zuru idea they've ever come up with. They're literally selling miniature versions of IP that belong to other companies in an industry standard white sphere. Yeah. We in the biz call that foreshadowing. Secondly, concerns have been raised that this is a means of instilling brand loyalty in young children, and at the end of the year, MGA Entertainment decides that it's time for someone to do something about this, and they take Zuru to court. Yeah, and side note, they didn't really care about the second thing. Yeah. They were suing Zuru because Zuru was selling white balls of plastic waste. Like mine. <laughs> and that looked a lot like their white balls full of plastic waste. <laughs> uh, MGA ultimately won a temporary restraining order, but on May 6th, 2021, the case was dismissed. Zuru was allowed to go back to producing five surprise. They'd won a few, they'd lost a few, but at the end of the day, they'd made a statement. No one can stop smaller, younger, more nimble organizations and startups from getting into a business and undercutting the big guys. Well, no one except Zuru, of course. That's right. See, Zuru's toy division has spent the last couple of years just suing the shit out of anyone that's tried to undercut the price of their products. January 2021, Zuru sought a temporary restraining order to stop groups from manufacturing products similar to Robofish. In March of this year, 
year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, Zuru brought a suit against 104 defendants it claimed were selling counterfeit goods on the internet. And in April of this year, Zuru sued 117 defendants seeking a temporary restraining order against these companies that they allege stole their design for a bunch of balloons. And in May of this year, they bought a suit against 233 defendant merchant storefronts that were supposedly selling counterfeit versions of their RoboFish product. So that's the gist. They're climbing these ladders and then they're pulling them up behind them effectively. Yeah. Their whole shtick is steal an idea and then sue anybody else who tries to steal the stolen idea. (laughs) Pretty much. In 2018, Nick Mowbray won the Entrepreneur of the Year Award. This is where he claimed that he got in trouble with the triads and went to jail and all that other shit that we found no additional evidence for. Um, After winning this award, Nick announced that Zuru was expanding their offerings to include consumer goods. They would call this venture Zuru Edge, and it focused on five key verticals. Pet care, baby care, personal care, home care, and health and wellness. Now, there are nine brands under this umbrella. Millie Moon, Rascal and Friends, Monday Hair Care, which we found conflicting sources on and may or may not like melt your hair to your head with the wrong kind of hair dye, which is bonkers. <laughs> a, a brand called Bonkers, uh, <laughs> New Pet Food, Dose & Co, Health by Habit, and Bactive. But of those, we're just going to be talking about three. First is Nude. It's Nude, N-O-O-D. N-O-O-D. Nothing um, scandalous. <laughs> Have a little fun, guys. <laughs> also, like, nude makeup care, I get that. Nude underwear, I get that. But nude dog food? <laughs> nude is just not what I want to think about when I think about my dog. <laughs> Unless it's me taking their collar off and going, oh, you're naked. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I... I do that a lot, so maybe oh, totally. that's what they It's were like going the for. cutest thing ever, but I feel like if you took that off and you were like, oh, you're nude, it sounds scandalous. <laughs> They're like, hey, gross. man, stop uh, stop talking <laughs> to your dog like that. <laughs> sounds like there's a weird amount of the male gaze happening there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Oh, please. Nude was founded in 2018, and Nick Mowbray put Alistar King... However, Alistair, let's say, King. I think that's Alistair King. Alistair. Which, that is the most fucking Bond villain name I've ever heard in my entire life. Isn't it Fucking Alistair King, the man with the (laughs) bronze magnum. I don't know. (laughs) Something like that, right? (laughs) He put Alistair King, an 18-year-old, at the helm. As the story goes, he discovered Alistair after Alistair won the young enterprise New Zealander at the age of just 17. One year later, Nick reconnected with the boy who was then in college. As Nick would tell it, I was just convincing him that he would learn far more in a year or six months working with me on a project than he'd learn in four years at university. The two formed Nude as a result, and the company's first big contract was with Walmart. It was a good get. It was a good get, but there was a hitch. Four weeks before the launch date, they found that everything needed to be rebagged. 
So Alistair had to fly out to Arkansas, take a 310-mile Uber ride because he was too young to rent a car. <laughs> and then he worked 14, 15-hour days in the plant repackaging orders and spent his nights sleeping on the factory floor like <laughs> his mentor, Nick Mowbray. He slept in a factory. Nick did. So, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear your take on this. Well, no, so when, whenever you're young – and when I say young, I mean like early 20s. Mm-hmm. And you hear about an 18-year-old getting some huge role. You think, wow, that 18-year-old must be something special. <laughs> but then you realize, no, whoever hired that 18-year-old is an idiot <laughs> because no 18-year-old should ever be running anything ever. <laughs> <laughs> he just flew to Arkansas where he's not old enough to rent, rent a, car a car or like, drown like... his sorrows after these 14 to 15 hour <laughs> oh, work Oh my days. god, I never even thought about that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's just anyway. brutal shit. You would think that after sleeping on your factory floor, you'd be like, that was horrible. I'm not going to put anyone else through that. And he was like, this is good. This is good. This is exactly what you need. It's a rite of passage for being a successful (laughs) entrepreneur. You just need this and a $20,000 loan from daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Which, let's be real. Alistair King, come on. Oh, yeah, I must say, we'll have an episode on him in, in like 15 years. Give it a good decade or two and he'll be the talk of the town. But Yeah. So that's... Venture one. Venture two is Rascal and Friends. Each one of these encompasses sort of different tactics that the Malbrays have used to scale. Rascal and Friends was founded in September of 2017. Nick Malbray got involved a few months later buying a 40% stake in the company while Zuru apparently took a much larger chunk of the offshore business. So Nick has a 40% stake in the company. His company, Zuru, has a large chunk of the offshore business. So Zuru is all up in this shit. Shortly thereafter, one of the founders, Grant Taylor, and his father, Keith Taylor, are forced out of the company. This is in 2020. As the narrative goes, the two weren't user-friendly to staff, which doesn't... I found that phrase in five different sources, and I can't get my head around Mm, it. That sounds... If my boss ever referred to me as user friendly, I I would call HR. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, man. That'd be a reasonable time to do it's it. Like, is is that a sexual advance? <laughs> <laughs> Nick told the two that they could then start their own company after being kicked out of the one that they founded. Shortly thereafter, he took the two to court because they tried to purchase a competitor. Uh, No verdict has been reached as far as we know, but the Taylor's lawyer was quoted as saying that despite the value Nick Mowbray stated that he was adding, his real secret sauce was importing brands from China and selling them to supermarkets. User-friendly brands. Yes, yes, (laughs) user-friendly brands. Uh, A user-friendly employer like Nick Mowbray. Uh, Very good. Lastly is me, or Emmy period products and we're not going to go too far into their offerings but if you look at their branding you can infer this is on the zuru edge website you can infer that their product is a nice smooth stone 
I think they just sell tampons, but their marketing is disgraceful. So unsurprisingly, shortly after launch, and I, I'm sure the rest of their marketing has benefited greatly from this, Zuru partnered with the Marketing 306 course at the University of Auckland. The two entities were balls deep in a three-year partnership in March of 2020 when Zuru Edge was invited to the class to present marketing briefs for which students would be tasked with creating advertising campaigns, briefs for products like the Me Period Care brand, a product that wouldn't be launched until November, were included in this. And the lecturer for the class told students that whoever made the best campaign would win a helicopter ride, lunch at the Coatesville mansion, and the potential opportunity to work with Zuru. Ooh. The students were required to submit the assignment five months before the Me product and campaign launched. And after the assignments were submitted, students began noticing some similarities between their work and the stuff getting published for the Me campaign on Instagram, which is Me's primary marketing platform. Now, the author for this source, Etta Tang, I know I'm mispronouncing that, Etta, I'm so sorry, is careful to clarify that students weren't being tasked with reinventing the wheel here. Students were given mood boards, fonts, colors, and the logo before beginning work on the campaigns. Nonetheless, the resemblances between some of the student work and the published marketing material were striking. Early the following year, while working for Krakum, the student magazine, which I'm also mispronouncing the name for <laughs> almost certainly, Etta leaves a post on the Private Marketing 306 Facebook group asking students if they were worried about their ideas getting poached by Zuru. Later that same day, Etta received a message from Nick Mowbray that read as follows. Hi, Etta, mispronouncing her name. That's not me mispronouncing it. I have just had your post brought to my attention. I'm quite concerned that a student is perpetuating inaccurate information. We had a message from a student sometime back about me, which launched a matter of weeks after students presented ideas as a case study. You will find that marketing for me was planned and shot over the previous year. The team responsible for launching me did not have visibility of the student's work, only myself and HR. I strongly suggest you investigate the true facts before making any accusations in public. We don't take kindly to defamation, especially when things are factually inaccurate. Thanks, Nick. Comma, Zuru. So Nick was probably hoping that use of the word defamation in the message would cause university staff to intervene or scare Etta away. Yeah, it really feels like Nick was waving his dick around in front of a fucking junior journalist here. It's not just bullying, it's... Something worse than yeah, that. It's I don't worse. know what it it's is. It's worse. It's... Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if it's in the same ballpark as taking candy from a baby. Yeah, that that was the first phrase that came into my mind. But, like, it feels more spiteful and malevolent than taking candy from a baby. It feels like insisting that the baby drop the candy into a puddle, <laughs> therefore rendering the candy inedible. And then the baby has in some ways, only itself to blame. <laughs> Are we gaslighting babies? <laughs> <laughs> Something's happening. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> this didn't work. 
though. Fortunately, instead, Etta's work became a crucial source for this episode. She decided to take his advice and begin researching, and oh boy, did this shit backfire on Nick. Yeah, he basically just spoon-fed shit into a fan. (laughs) (laughs) After she dug in, Etta determined that the competition judges within Suru were not limited to Nick and the head of HR. Apparently, plenty of people got to put eyes on this material. When pressed for evidence that they had already planned the What's in My Bag campaign, which was one of the campaigns that was notably similar to a student project, Liam Whitaker, a spokesperson for Zuru at the time, couldn't produce anything. Now, the professor who had negotiated the partnership defended it, saying Zuru use up their time, resources, and their prizes they offer in exchange for a bunch of ideas. They're offering lunch and a helicopter ride and an office tour and the opportunity for an internship the only resource being burned here is just time (laughs) yeah this is just a what's the word it just exemplifies the whole internship ecosystem where we're giving you a job we're doing you a favor we're not gonna pay you though yeah (laughs) well we'll do an episode on that someday yeah, that that's that'll come around. Um, they're offering lunch, a helicopter ride, an office tour, just nothing. Also, the university's intellectual property created by staff and student policy, wow, that's a mouthful, uh, disagrees, saying that students are to be the first owners of copyright in their accessible work. They don't relinquish their rights to IP ownership by enrolling in any particular class and they are entitled to an explanation before being asked to sign these rights to a third party. Now, for those of you who aren't sold on this being a problem, those who won the contest weren't guaranteed a job of any sort, and those whose work appears to have influenced the campaign weren't credited. This is work for nothing in its purest form. Oh, yeah. And for the holdout in the audience that might be thinking... Well, the students got a learning experience that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten. Did they, though? One student made an astute point that if the professor had just said, Coca-Cola has a budget of 200,000 Coke bucks, here is their logo, here are some vision boards, nothing substantial would have changed. It's not as if the students were interfacing regularly with the Zuru team. What's the difference between doing it for Zuru and doing it for Rad Bill's Prince Albert Emporium? It's still theoretically, it has no additional benefit to the students at all. And the professor agreed with this sentiment, by the way. Uh, He stated that he will set the assignment up in a way that allows students to submit their projects for grading but not for the Zuru competition if they wish. However, students in the course of the semester, our source on this was published, were given a four-page terms and conditions document. And then on the document's third page, it stated that by registering and submitting a project to the competition, students agree that Zuru can use their ideas or strategies and waive their right to be credited for their work. The agreement also states that participating students are prohibited from sharing any of their views or opinions of Zuru or the competition on social media without first getting approval from Zuru. Is this actual child labor? (laughs) Like, I mean, if these are are college sophomores, I guess they're probably over the age of 18, but... It's still it's close. Just it, it's right? really close. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing some work for my day job the other day, and I found it was GSK GlaxoSmithKline, 
oh, has yeah. a thing at the bottom of their website that's their their slavery policy. <laughs> Holy fuck! I'll put that up on the Reddit. It was mind blowing. If if anyone else wants to take a read, it, it's got a lot of words like best effort and oh no oh no we're gonna try our best not to use slavery we can't make any promises but damn we're gonna try so this is an interesting little case study this this whole thing that's just transpired nick picks a fight with a journalist in training and it backfires on him this way a good lesson for any entrepreneurial personalities don't sue people or even threaten to sue people if you want something to go away. Yeah, so if what? you're going to punch that baby in the face, make sure that he can't beat you up. Make sure that his parents aren't going to let him square up with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the last decade has been a pretty horrifying spectacle of what's possible with the help of the courts, but it's become evident that if you try to sue a secret into the ground, the very worst parts come out on live television. Mm-hmm. This is the Achilles heel of suing the shit out of people. It's a very public affair. And although Nick had gotten burned to some degree trying to scare at a tang, he and his siblings decided to take it to the next level in July of 2022. See, it was around this time, Zuru had its pretty famous run-in with Glassdoor, a website that allows workers to leave anonymous reviews about the companies they work for. As the story goes, a few folks had a lot of less than positive stuff to say, not just about Zuru as a company, but about the Malbrays in particular. Uh, the review reads as follows. People are resources, assets, expendable, and unless a personal friend, not good enough. The ownership is the most incompetent group of individuals when it comes to treating others with any dignity or respect. They will work you to the bone, give you a fancy job title, and make you feel important without the pay to match, consistently talk down at you, make you feel worthless, and then find a way to get rid of you when they've burnt out all the energy you came with. People are resources, assets, expendable, unless a personal friend. Not good enough. Another review... The ownership is the most incompetent group of individuals when it comes to treating others with any dignity or respect. They will work you to the bone, give you a fancy job title, and make you feel important without the pay to match, consistently talk down to you, make you feel worthless, and then find a way to get rid of you when they've burnt out all the energy you came in with. In my time there, I have never seen more people struggle with mental health at the hands of an exploitative leadership team than anywhere else my friends work. It's only at the hands of PR have they managed to somehow lie to the general public for so long about their character. Too many times I watched aspirational young people come in and try to establish themselves, to be absolutely battered down by out-of-touch wannabe celebrity entrepreneurs who know that it's much easier to treat someone who is yet to discover their professional self-worth as dirt without risk of them standing up for themselves. It's also cheaper, something this company is brilliant at exploiting. Oof. That's a sick-ass burn. I'll read the second half here. Sure. Um, don't get sucked in by the fancy parties, QPR pieces, or exciting job titles and benefits, quote-unquote. Just talk to anyone who was left in the last few years and look at their average tenure on LinkedIn. Everyone has horror stories about how they were treated or how the people around them were treated. Money does not make you a good person, and Zuru is a leading example of this. You're worth more than they will treat you as. One note I will make is that the leadership layer below the ownership do their damn best to protect their people, and it's admirable. 
You are also all worth more. Remember that. Advice to management, your ability to buy headlines and popularity with money will only go so far. Your people are your biggest advocates and detractors, and you are not doing yourself favors. You only have to look at the long list of names who have left you on bad terms to see your problem. It's yourselves. Hire a leadership team to run this business and step back. You might be competent strategists, but you are not competent people managers, and you are not experts in every single field in business. It's impossible. Hire good, talented people and trust them. Stop assuming that no one is good enough because they don't care as much as you do. It's not their business. They will never love it as much as you. Treat them with some respect and they will do the same for you and might actually stay long enough for your HR team to have a well-earned break. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I want to say sick burn, but it's all pretty grounded. <laughs> and honestly, dude, like every single one of these that we read are just so so what's the word raw yeah like like you can tell that each one of these reviews came from a place of just real honest to god pain yeah like everyone's just fucking exhausted <laughs> yeah like like i mean i've worked in places that i didn't like and i've worked in places that you know management wasn't great you know so on and so forth and you know i, I love to bitch about my job like anybody else but I have never felt like this. Like, these yeah. are hurt people. Truly. So, Zuru fucking won this case. Fuck you, Zuru. Zuru hasn't disclosed whether or not they plan to sue the former coworkers or let their victory here do the dirty work of chilling dissent. But regardless, there is now a banner on Zuru's Glassdoor profile that reads, <clears throat> Glassdoor alert, employer legal action. This employer has taken legal action against reviewers and or Glassdoor for the reviews that have appeared on this profile. Please exercise your best judgment when evaluating this employer. Learn more about Glassdoor alerts. I don't know why I read that last part. That's <laughs> far worse than any negative review ever could be. That is horrible. I like, Deeply I mean, horrifying. This, I feel like, was the pinnacle of Zuru shittiness because it's so yeah. petty. There's not evidence of this. But when I see this, I see people who are so obsessed with their self-image yep. that they are willing to go to court because somebody badmouthed them. They're so insecure because they probably know that all of the things that, that these people wrote are very true. And they sued to have their PR story be front and center. And th 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 there was one of these reviews, yeah, don't get sucked in by the fancy parties, cute PR pieces, or exciting job titles and benefits. Like, like that is what these people are made of. Yeah, but. straight up. That's, that's their whole identity. And to that degree, I guess you could read it as an attack in that sense, yeah, but still absolutely. indefensible. Bullshit. It is straight up bullshit. We read a surprising number of articles endorsing this behavior, Zuru's behavior in this case. We think it's bad, obviously. That review pretty much just says that they have stuff to improve. It's a million times better to just leave a, email us, we want to learn more about your experience under the post. I don't know why that alleviates my concerns so much when researching a new job, but it does. Totally does. Maybe someone did write that. We just won't ever know because Zuru went all 
Hulkamania and sued Glassdoor, who took down the post as a result. Yeah. Beyond this, Zuru Tech is a new subsidiary of the Malbrays that builds houses. They're trying to be like Elon Musk and do a little bit of everything. And we suggest that you, our lovely audience, boycott Zuru Tech and all of their other products. We'll include a list along with the sources so that you can be sure not to buy any of these things. And with that, it's crutches time. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Consumer harm is an interesting one. Kids choke on candy, fall off bikes, and toys go down their throats, up their asses, and underneath their skin. Kids are just fucking animals, basically. And although Zuru has had a few recalls, we don't have any records of them hesitating to do one. What we do have is a wealth of evidence that they have sued companies that would have made the products cheaper. And that is consumer harm, so they get to see all day. Keeping prices up means that they are a net negative to society classic consumer harm mm. yeah rich parents uh, yeah, yeah 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 totally <laughs> yeah. uh union suppression and employee abuse suing to suppress dissent is pretty despicable and is absolutely an attempt at avoiding reforms within their company they get the u all day yep. tax evasion they're based in the british virgin islands we're touching on this here because it didn't it just doesn't fit naturally into anything but they're HQ'd in a tax haven, and companies do that to avoid paying taxes to the communities in which they operate all day and night. Oh, yeah. Child labor, this is like the one missing one. <laughs> uh, I, unless you count stealing college students' ideas as child labor. Like, yeah. I, mm, no, it's not technically child labor, but they're still exploiting young people. They are certain, it, their exploitation is in their nature. Yeah. And harassment allegations are buried if they exist at all. Egregious behavior after hours. Nick tweets like Elon Musk. He's a total chode. Also, he's spent a lot of time fighting laws against single-use plastics, which is some bullshit. But Yeah, we didn't talk about his political aspirations in this episode. But they're pretty chody, too. Yeah, he's a far-right dude. Uh, not yeah. good. Slap suits and journalist suppression, Zuru is all about this shit. Nick okay. tried intimidating a college student who was a journalist for her college newspaper, and also the glass door thing is a complete fucking nightmare. The only two letters these folks are missing out on is the C for child labor and the H for harassment allegations. The rest, they have them all day. Yeah, yeah, and this is with probably one of the best PR teams in the game. Yeah. I feel like these guys' PR is Taylor Swift level PR. Yeah. Because if you Google them, you're like, we're kind of like, dang, like these guys don't seem that bad unless you really fucking dig. But if you go to a subreddit based in New Zealand, they are so hated. When you go to the Glassdoor reviews, they are hated. Yeah. (laughs) But they're just, their PR team is working night and day. Probably they're underpaid as well, but that's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they couldn't be on. Un- they could yeah. each be getting paid a million dollars a year, and I would still say they were underpaid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the value they're bringing is just enormous. But it on that is. note, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Feel free to drop us a line on the via email. Feel free to shoot us over something on the subreddit. Let us know if we missed anything. We'll include our email and a link to the subreddit in the down there part for the episode, (laughs) the episode description. That's where it'll be. Thank you so much. We love you all. 
and uh, goodbye. goodbye.